Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wedgehead Pinball Podcast. I am Alan, your host and co-owner of the Portland Pinball Bar Wedgehead. I am joined today by my co-host, Alex the Waterboy, in his basement studio. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great, and uh, we're also joined today by our friend Justin Ardo down in Houston, Texas. Hey, guys. Hey, Jess. It's good to have you on the Where podcast. We're excited. Howdy, y'all. Yeah, yes. happy to be here. <laughs> good. Well, I just want to say we're, you know, you're a friend of the show, a founding member of the Portland Bells and Chimes, an OG pinball podcaster and co-host of the longest running pinball podcast called The Pinball Podcast, owner of a pinball apparel company, Soft Blunge, and for the last couple of years, you've been a freelance pinball tech in Central Florida, fixing and maintaining games for arcade owners. Recently, you got offered a very cool job to work at a new pinball company, Barrels of Fun, in the quality control and assembly of the new games. Can you tell us anything about one of the many things that you do? Just, okay, one thing about one of the things. Got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a crazy few years since I left Portland, and I miss it and you guys terribly. Um, Wedgehead is one of my absolute favorite places to play pinball that I've ever been to. And you guys are lovely humans and the variety of games you have. Forget it. Just it's wonderful. Yeah. Then I found myself in Florida somehow and had to make the best of it by doing teching for um, some arcade chains and for some house calls, some restorations. That was a lot. It was like nonstop <laughs> every single day. So what do I do from there? I meet the wonderful humans uh, behind Barrels of Fun and the new Labyrinth Pinball Machine at Expo this year. And less than a month later, I have moved to Houston secretly and I've been doing quality control and I love it to pieces. That's awesome. It's a it's a great story <laughs> and it's just nice to hear something positive like that once where, you know, things are going uphill. And, and working... it to Texas, so <laughs> yeah. Shrug. I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, Texas is cool. I, I don't <laughs> know. My wife's Casey's from Texas, so I've I've been to Texas a number oh, of nice. times. There's tons of good stuff in Texas, yeah. and there's more pinball manufacturers now. Yeah, there's a cool right? pinball manufacturer. Hundred percent more pinball manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we plugged all your different things. If you're ever interested, you and your co-host Jeff host a pinball podcast called the pinball podcast your episode count is less than it used to be but i yeah. hope you'll make more i say pleadingly <laughs> and for the listeners at home <laughs> i will have a conversation with jeff but it's a cool show and you Thanks. you and your co-hosts talk a lot about well really everything that y'all do you cover a lot of the new games and rumors and going to shows and all that kind of stuff. Stuff that we don't really talk about on this podcast because I think other people already do it. Yep. And they other do people, it well. So other people do it better than us. So yeah. So we we don't usually talk about that stuff. But for anyone that's listening, check out uh Jessica's show. It's cool. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. We uh release episodes intermittently. <laughs> yeah. But you know, get it on your get subscribed to it in your favorite podcast app and check her out. Yeah. And everyone well, you'll get a surprise ding that we actually did a show. So we try not to go too much into rumor stuff just because, number one, I don't generally tend to care about them. Like, I want to see a pinball machine and actually get to play it before I talk about it. Yeah. Which I know is yeah. odd in this new landscape of pinball <laughs> life that we're in. But yeah, I think we're going to talk about a topic for our episode to talk with you today because we're not going to go too deep into your barrels of fun. You can't, we don't want to put you on the spot. We don't want to get you in any trouble. Thank you. Yes, but we do think it's very <laughs> cool that you're working there. 
and you're working hard on getting people their labyrinths and people seem to love the game. So I think you guys are doing a great job down there. Thank you. I can't wait for you to play it. Oh, me too. We're, we're excited. I know how much you love new boutique companies. <laughs> Here's the thing is there's no dislike for boutique companies. There is a concern of previous experiences I, that leave us a little bit gun shy when we're buying games and, and all that kind of stuff. But. I will say Alan immediately was more interested in Labyrinth due to there being a designer he knows behind it. And yeah, there's a lot of things that Barrels of Fun is doing very, very right. So Honestly, when, when, really they, when you said you went over there, it was different too. Like, yeah, that's a big, that's a big thing. Like, I, I know you know how to work on games. So if you're going to be on the assembly line and you're going to be doing quality control, it's like, I know you know how to tech games. So and yeah. that's the thing is, is like, you just want a game that runs and you want a game that's serviceable when it doesn't run. And you want a company that stands behind their product. That's all you want. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you have a uh, personal tech assistance anytime you need. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're doing this. We need that relationship. Right. They have to kick me out of the building every day. I just love being there so much. <laughs> that's cool. That's very cool. <laughs> I'm a huge dork. Okay. <laughs> and we all are. That's what, and everyone listened to the podcast. I mean, you got to be a huge pinball dork to listen to a pinball podcast. No, it's a cool thing to do. It's super cool. Uh, Y'all are my people. It's good. But yeah, we're going to get into today's topic. You specifically wanted to talk about, I try to get every guest to choose the topic that interests them. And I think we'd, we'd settled on pinball gimmicks and specifically extra button pinball gimmicks. Yes. How would you describe that, Alex? How would you describe pinball gimmicks? We're talking about extra buttons. Pinball machine, you know, it's got a start button. It's got a left flipper button. It's got a right flipper button. We're going to talk about anything that's more than that pretty much on the outside of the game, right? Yes. Any of the goofy bullshit going on that when you're <laughs> new to the hobby, you walk up and you go, what the fuck is this RGB light flashing at me in the middle of the game for? I think this is a great topic. I think the extra buttons are always funny. And when I was a kid, I would get so excited if I found a game that had something like that on it. Because yeah. like, what does this do? And so, yeah, I'm excited for this one. I think we're going to start with the first one, and this is what Jess really wanted to talk about, so I'm going to let her run with it. Jess, talk to us about action buttons. Okay. I don't know when exactly this happened, but every game has to have an action button. Now, it's like... Yep. Every certain game. You can't release a game without having an action button, and it's fine when it's actually functional and interesting, but when it's just there because all of the lockdown bars are cut to have action buttons. I don't know. Sometimes it feels really <laughs> forced. There are games that have like really great uses for them. There are games that have terrible uses. And then there are ones that are kind of hybrids. So like Stern Star Wars is a great example. I love it for the TIE fighters. That's mm -hmm. great. Like it alerts you. You have to do a thing. You have to choose risk reward if you're going to go for ball control or if you're going to try and get to that multi-ball using it. But having to pause your play in a game that has flow to stop, hit the button, move <laughs> your multipliers around, then hit the button again and lock it back in just kills it for me. Oh, and yeah. It's like it's horrible. I could never like in a tournament. I just can't do it because I play pinball to have a nice time and to have fun. And if I'm sitting there like, hold on, guys, I need to stop hitting these shots until I move the arrows <laughs> over here to make sure that this is way more valuable. I mean, scores to me, I don't care. I put instead of numbers, put like smiley faces because I've had a nice yeah, time. Yeah, how much fun you had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yep. have a fun gauge instead of a score gauge. But 
Yeah, and then the action button on Star Wars, you're stopping playing actual pinball to navigate a menu, essentially, and move things where you want to in the middle of a game, yeah. and it's miserable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, some people love it. I will say that at least does something That's for your game. At least it has a distinct purpose. Some games don't feel like they have a distinct purpose. Like, I don't... Yeah. yeah I don't know. So that what we're talking about, in case we weren't clear, an action button is everything Stern puts on the center lockdown bar. So between your two hands, that metal bar in between that holds the glass over the play field, there's a big glowing button now. And so they put it on all the games and they usually try to incorporate it into a gameplay. What an action button will do is different from game to game. But I know that they put it on there on every game now. And I do know that I have heard Gary Stern say that it's because it'll also if you have credits in there, it'll start a game if you just press that. You don't have to press the start button on the front of Depending the machine. Depending on your settings, sure, you can you turn, can turn off. it off as a operator. Yeah. However, mm -hmm. it comes standard as it's on, and he says that, and pinheads kind of roll their eyes and they're like, "I don't, you know, like you don't need that." Or what? what people can't figure out how to hit a flashing start button on the front of the game, and I was like, "Hey, they can't." <laughs> like I'm saying, we run a we run an arcade, and like they can't. So he's not it's wrong. True. Like, eventually, yeah. someone will fumble around and find it, but they're not putting it only there for that. But I, I definitely can see why there is some value to them, but not every game needs one. I want to get yeah. into the next topic, though, which is because this is a little bit of a hybrid if we go look at one game, but we're going to talk about Magna Saves. Mm -hmm. and so Magna Saves started with Black Knight. Wasn't Black Knight the first yes. game with a Magna Save? Yes. And then a couple other games like Grand Lizard and stuff. And they had a game, a button that was an extra button on the side of the cabinet near your flipper that you can press and try to save up. There was a magnet above the right out lane. And if it was going down there, you could press it at the right time and save your ball. It would grab it and hold it and then drop it down the in lane safely. Mm -hmm. They made a new game. Stern made the trilogy complete and made Black Knight sort of rage. But instead oh of God. having the extra button on the outside of the cabinet, they put it on the lockdown bar. Where it so makes it's sense. So it's an action button. <laughs> Push the button on the right-hand side to pull the butt, the ball that's on the right-hand side back in. It totally makes sense. Yes. If you are hitting a center button to try and save a right lace drain, it just, your brain is like, nope. And it's very rarely, you're like, do you, I don't know, very rarely do I ever use it, I feel like. I will say yeah. the original button on the side of the cabinet makes intuitive sense. Yep. And it's great on the original Black Knight and Black Knight 2000. But I will say that I like it on the action bar because it makes it dangerous. <laughs> like, I do like it because it makes you, I like that it forces you to fucking, like, you know, like, pull your hand off and try to slap the cabinet. Like, yeah. Like, because then you're choosing, yeah, you're choosing whether or not you're trying to nudge it out of there or whether you're going to yeah. slap the cat. And like, and, and I think that leads to really funny moments. That's true. But, I, mean, I think it's always dangerous, though. Like, if you're playing Grand Lizard, you know when it grabs it that that ball is still moving back and forth in, like, this little circle. And when you release that button is so important because you could just, you know, throw your ball down the lane yes. with the magnet Yo, or yeah. you can throw it back in. What I was going to say is I don't like the Black Knight method of magnet saves where it, it holds the magnet no matter. You just tap the button once and it holds the magnet for five full seconds or whatever to try to get the ball to come to a yeah. complete stop. Whereas like Jungle Lord or Rick and Morty, something like that, the magnet's only active while you press the button. And that's way more fun to me because you can kind of swing the ball around. Yeah. Yes. Grand Lizard. Yeah. That is a fun moment because it creates like a little dance of you're like, 
uh, am I going to help myself or am I going to hurt myself? <laughs> Tapping it and like, yeah, I, I love that on Rick and Morty. And I know that was brought from older games. It's just the one I happen to have sitting here. Yeah. Can we talk about the Magna Save on Doggy Soccer, though? Because yeah. that's a whole different <laughs> ball game. Oh, yeah. Doggy Soccer, a.k.a. World Cup Soccer. So that's genuinely like you're pulling. So it's not by the in lanes, out lanes. It's above your left flipper. So it's really difficult to actually save a ball from a drain with that. But when you're playing, you can influence your shots using that magnet. Huh. I've only ever tried. I, I hate that game, so I don't play it much. But... <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, I thought we would be friends, but now I am not so sure. <laughs> I'll give it another go because now I want to play with the magnet because it is right by the like left flipper. I love it when you yeah. can save something with it because it makes you feel like God actually doing something with that useless <laughs> magnet. Yeah, I think the first time I saw it, I was like, how did you make that shot? And I watched it and I was like, okay, he's using the magnet to actually influence how the ball is going, not from a dream perspective, but from a shot perspective. And it was so cool. And also, how can you not? David Bowie is the goalie. How do you not? (laughs) I will say, I'll admit this, Jessica. I'm not a big fan of dog soccer either, but it is a well-regarded game, so... What do I know? I That's don't know. fine. Not everyone likes joy, Alan. I, I think it just plays so long, and I hate the spinning soccer ball that doesn't influence the ball. It takes up so much room on the play field to not really spin the ball. If you play one that's all cleaned up, the, the soccer ball influences the ball. It's like when they're yes. old and they're coated in grit, then it just touches it, doesn't do anything. But if you play one- if they're too slick, dude. It's spinning. Like Maybe. They don't influence the ball as much as a spinning disc. Like I mean, that's true, and it's just like I don't know, man. It's an okay game. It's well loved. I don't personally. It's worth it just for the goal call outs. The goalie shots are fun. It's got a cool skill shot plunge thing where you kind of like it kind of flip cups yeah. in between three J-Bone. shots. Always and, got cool skill shots. Yeah, and the ramps are swirly and swoopy, and lots of magnets in that game. I will tell you. For when I started Bells, and I always did Bells as a casual like meetup and not a competitive kind of thing. So it was community, not competition, teaching moments, like just getting people together to have nice. a nice time. And a lot of newer players absolutely fall in love with doggy soccer because it's very affirming. Like it's very positive. There's clear things that you want to go for. Yeah. It's great to walk up to. It's easy to approach. But if you're a great player, you can also work different strategies on it so it goes it runs the gamut from people who are just coming into the game to people who've been playing it for a long time so it's really versatile and it's fun and it's not telling you to play better or how terrible you are which is a lot of call outs now i'm like oh my god i'm a horrible person for playing this game Mm, i'm kind of a steve ritchie guy so it's like i kind of like that and that's why doggy soccer is not my thing I like I like Rudy. I like the Black Knight. Like, tell me I suck. It's going to motivate me to play better. Alan's got daddy issues. Yeah, I just, I will not argue that. I'm not going to argue that dog soccer is a bad game. People oh, no, love it. People... So it's like, it's just not for me. That's just, that's just it. Like, we're not here to trash dog soccer. That's not what I'm here to do at all. But I feel like I need to be honest. I'm not going to lie to my friend. So it's like, most people love it. Most people are in, in Jessica's camp. I just personally, it's not, it's not my game. But it's it's a well made machine. We can get back on the rails now. I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> What's this? Uh, Medusa Medusa ball kicker is next on the list. What is? Have that? you played that? Have you played Medusa once or twice yes. when you guys had it on the floor? But it was go- there and gone. Okay, so there's like a little post that has some rubbers around it, like some little short ring rubbers around it, 
And if you press the button on the side of the cabinet near your flipper button, it'll punch, like it'll kind of punch forward. <laughs> it's in between yeah. below your flippers of the center drain. And so you can kind of punch it back Dude, that's up. that's so good. <laughs> that's a good, Fireball that's a good Tube gimmick. also has one. Yes. They call it the little demon. Yes. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's like below your right flipper button and it just like punches it back up. It's very funny. I like those mechs a lot. Like, I like the Medusa ball. I think that's like what a lot is going for that game. It's got cool art. Yeah. The game is pretty fun to play for a little while. But what I remember about that game is always trying to punch that ball back up with <laughs> yeah. the flipper, like the extra button on the side of the cabinet. And I think that's super fun. How often are you hoping for a center drain? That's oh, it, exactly. right? Like, that's the best sign of these, the gimmicks. And that's kind of what a gimmick, I guess, is. It's when you walk up to a game and you go, what does that do? Yes. And that can be like sometimes, I mean, starting with the lamest examples of the action button. And sometimes it's like something like that. And you're like, that's what I want. Yeah. I would. I yeah. And we also have a game on the floor right now that has another extra flipper button. And it's called Nip It. It's an old EM, which is probably one of the first to have like a crazy gimmick like that with the extra button. But it has a little gator on the side of the cabinet. And it has, it's like jaw will come out <laughs> and kind of grab and swallow a ball. Yeah. And you have to control that using an extra flipper button. And I think that is super it makes, fun. It makes the game. Yeah, it's super you cool. You can eat the ball, or if you time it, you can bump the ball yes. away. Yep. So, like, you can use the yep. gator, like, snout to kind of hit it away. Yeah, you can try to hit it into that kick on the left or whatever. Um, yeah, you can yeah. try to you can try to hit one of the stand-up targets that will release one of the balls for a multi-ball, or you just throw it into the lit pops and just collect hundreds if you have them lit. But I think that's a super fun game and a cool gimmick. And it's a game that we have on the floor now at Wedgehead, so any... Local listeners, you can come That's in and try awesome. that. Fun, uh, quick story about Nippet. Yes, I please. I tied someone in one of my groups at Enberg one year on Nippet, like exact same score. Wow. And we had to replay the same game and we tied again. No. Holy shit. That seems twice in a row on <laughs> Nippet. That seems like, you know, I'd like to do the actual odds on it. Wow. Right? That's nuts. The it exact was same score twice in a row. Yeah, and wow. we're just like, can we just split the points? And they're like, no, that's not how this works. You have to play it again. <laughs> like, what wow. are the chances? Come on. Did you win or lose? Do you remember? I won the third one. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. But that's notice how that's not even in my story because the most exciting part <laughs> oh, was, oh yeah, hey, we just tied twice on this. It's true. It's way more interesting that you tied once at all. To do it twice, I yeah. mean, that's crazy. That is. But I, I want to talk about, Another one is the shifter knob on Getaway, High Speed Getaway, the sequel. That is a game that's like, you know, well-regarded, pretty famous. You, you'll run into them on location, but instead of a, a plunger, you have like a little shifter knob because it's a car game. Mm -hmm. And you have to you use that to plunge, but then also while you're in the game, you get your RPMs up, which you see on inserts on the playfield, and the callouts will tell you shift gears, and it wants you to yeah. shift gears to progress in the game literally literally shift gears what do you guys think about that one i like it i think it's super fun i think it's fun too it's a different like interactive element it makes it challenging like if you're in a place where you can't hear the game very well sometimes you just throw that yep. shifter a couple times just in case you yeah you're like call. am i close or <laughs> yeah <laughs> or some of the lights are burned uh, out on the play field or whatever it's very embarrassing short shifting it, you know? You're just like, what are you doing there, buddy? You didn't hit red line. Like, if your friend watches you try to go for a gear when you wasn't ready, 
they will give you shit, which I love. Yeah. I think that's probably my favorite alternate launch mechanism. You know, like of all of the, I, I guess it's the only one that's interactive because it's like, like Indiana Jones has the the pistol grip and like, yeah, there's games that have real. Yeah. But it's like the shifter's well, cool because you actually, you're like shifting gears is cool. Everyone wants to slam gears and uh, like it actually does something. It's just, it's fun. There are a few of the, like, there are so many of the gimmicky launch, like, Tales from the Crypt that has the, you know, door handle yeah. thing. Yeah, oh, down. yeah, it's cool. And there are some that are actually functional, though, like the Data East Star Wars, where you have that weird, like, the shifting, it doesn't do anything, but the button on it launches. Yes. So it times, yeah. like, your skill <laughs> shot with something on the screen. But then, like, when stormtroopers pop up, you jam the button, and then it knocks a row of them down. But if you're not paying attention than your toast so oh, wow. things like that where it actually matters i think are really interesting yeah, yeah. I, th I think that's always cool if you're going to give me a gimmicky you know plunger or shooter rod it's like make it interactive with the game and shifting the gears on getaway is just so cool yeah and yeah it's fun and it does the same thing where it's like it wants you to quickly pull your hand off of a flipper button and shift gears but i do see people sometimes <laughs> use their knee you know, or, yeah. or something yep. else. <laughs> or, or really awkward if you're from behind, somebody, their friend next to them, reaching over and kind of flipping <laughs> the thing for uh -huh. them. And it looks very uh, suspicious or <laughs> suggestive um, as to what exactly they're doing. But uh, I think that that makes the game fun. I love a good, like, multi-ball, like Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, if you've got Hadron Collider lit and you've got balls on both flippers, be like, do I use my knee or my nose to hit this button? How are yeah. we going? I do love that. And that's like that's the fun part about the action button, right? Like Alan was saying, forcing you to take your hands off the flippers. Or making you do something weird to hit it, like with your belly <laughs> or your knee or yeah. <laughs> when I'm in a situation like that. Yep. But if you're shorter, that probably doesn't work as well. That is cool. Yeah, but if you're really short, you can use your chest. You know, <laughs> like you just gotta yeah. true. I've used my chest to do it before. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That, another Same. one that I think is a big one is the diverters on the shadow. So the shadow yes. pinball Dude. has these diverters on, on each of the ramps, and there's a button, extra button on each side of the cabinet to swing the diverter so your ball path will go either left or right on each ramp. Yep. And you control them. And you're collecting these rings for each shot, each different ball path, uh, so you have to kind of manage those and then shoot all the shots and collect all your rings and that stuff. And I think that's super fun, too. Those Furbos are crazy, too. But that those shots are so cool. And they like it's it has a sound associated with it. Yes. So you're not just doing it and it just moves. Like the sound effects in the game, it's like a funk sound. Like you hear yeah. it happening as it's flipping over. So it makes it a big feature part of the game yep and those diverters themselves are just beefy compared to most diverters they gotta weigh like five pounds the way they're they... cool and they they break a lot too but they're cool <laughs> yeah they do they do break a lot <laughs> yeah, but... you guys both... yeah as the person that doesn't have to fix the games i love them <laughs> i don't think they were i don't think they were like bad like at a different episode it might be fun to talk about just like famous mechs and pinball and talk about which ones are you know like reliable famously unreliable and what yeah, operators like a, hate but power and associates like rank all of the pinball games <laughs> the classics you know yeah ones that have kind of proven not new stuff i don't think that the diverters while you do have to maintain them and work on them they i don't think they're the worst offenders by any means honestly the upper play field is worse it's so sick but, the first time uh, so the the kind of guy back in the midwest that got me into pinball 
had a shadow in his basement. And the first time I played it and managed to hit like a combo of where you're changing the diverters and feeding the other ramps and just keep going. It's like the best feeling in pinball. You're like, oh, wow. Because it's, it's even better than hitting a normal combo because you're like, I did that. Like you're manually doing like more shit. It gives you control yeah. in the flow of the game too. It doesn't interrupt the flow, which is really cool. It is cool. I want to talk about this one. I don't, I'm sure Jessica's played it because she's been in pinball forever. I, you probably haven't played this one, Alex. No. But there's a game, Gottlieb Volcano. It's a relatively rare game, but it has the, the left out lane, like where Steve Ritchie used to put, you know, yeah. the kickback yeah, uh, coils. Kickback. It has that there, just like that, but it gives you a, a button where you have to, it, you don't roll over the switch and it automatically fires the ball back into play. You have to press the extra button to fire it in time to kick it back up wow. onto the play field. I bet you can get some good air balls with that. You know, I don't remember the air balls. We had one, and it's a fun, weird game. And That's cool, though. It's I, really cool. It's I, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I think we're seeing kind of a theme here. All the gimmicks we like, it's like the more manual it is, like the more we're into this. You're like, I, we all like having control over aspects of the games that we wouldn't normally have. That's kind of the fun part about pin, like pinball. Yeah, well, that's sweet. You're physically getting involved with it. So, of course, you feel like more invested and more involved because you have to do the thing. Yeah. So the other one I want to say is we don't have one of these, but I know the Pops guys in Boston have one. It's a Dungeons and Dragons. Um, have you guys played much Dungeons and Dragons, the pinball machine? No. Not much. My friend Dave in Brisbane has one, so I've played it when I've been over there mostly. I don't know if I've ever played it in the States. It has awesome music. Yeah, it's a it's a weird game. It's a very weird game. I think it's fun. It does have like a magic save where if you hit the buttons, it'll switch your in lanes and out lanes. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I like that. So yeah, like it's they call it a magic save and, and it's cool. Again, it's something you control, which I think mm -hmm. the common theme is we all like that. Yeah. The other one I remember a lot is Hard Body and the Flex Saves. Do you, you remember yes. Hard Body? Yes. I think Hard Body has maybe my favorite of all of these gimmicks. <laughs> Hard Body also has my favorite of any intro sound effects with like the grunting or whatever. Oh, it's yeah. To be. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I have a, a Hard Body is a phenomenal game for anyone listening. It's a uh, Bally Midway, right? It's got to be early 80s. Yes. And it's a split level game. I don't know the designer. I'm just kind of doing this all off the top. I think man. it's Ward Pemberton. That would make sense. Thanks. And it's like 80s bodybuilder themed with like muscular women and I guess some dudes on so it. Bad. Yeah. It's so cheesy and so it I love the theme in the same way that I love No Fear. Yeah. And, uh, the arcade, like the place I kinda like started playing pinball at as an adult. He got one and uh I just loved that thing. The flex saves are so good though. Yeah, basically the flex saves are it has like from that era, it has the in lanes that go kind of straight down into the out lane. Like or it just goes straight down and you usually have the the swoop on the out lanes that sort of swoop over and those are like technically your in lanes. They sort of have them swapped. But in that gap where you would train, there's these hidden diverters that if you hit the button, it'll slam closed and it'll create like a lane guide for the ball to roll down to your flipper like you would normally think about. And it's just really funny. It's really yes. loud. It's, it's just, it's so much fun. I love those so much. Yeah. Talk about giving 
people you're playing with a hard time when they're playing hard body and they're trying to do the flex save and it's <laughs> it's always awkwardly timed. Yes. You've always hit it a little bit too soon or yes. a little bit too yeah, late. Yeah, because it only pops in for like a second, right? It's yeah. really quick. Yes. yes. And so it's very easy to miss time it and then just lose the ball, which I think is really funny. It's just fun. Yeah. It just makes it really fun. <laughs> and I think it's thematic. Like it's called oh, yeah. flex save. You know, like I just, I love it. It's so good. That game is just good in general. We could just do a whole episode about hard body. We should sometime <laughs> in the future. I love when a game makes draining your ball into something that's not frustrating. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, okay, you messed that up, but it's hilarious that you've done it. So I don't know, it's, it somehow takes the sting away. I can definitely agree with that. And it feels like you're in more control even when you lose. It's like something you could do better next time, especially when you're just kind of getting going in the hobby. That feels good. Be like, oh, I could have done that to save it. We have another couple saves like that. I think of the Freddy Claw save from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's cool yeah. too. Yeah, not one of my favorite games, but... Very cool theme and well integrated. They got like a little hand claw flipper too, but you just use the regular button on that. But there's claws that come up through Freddy's claw glove comes up in between your flippers and like will grab really stop the ball from draining down the center. And you have mm-hmm. to use a button to do that. If those blades aren't all broken. <laughs> I was going to say, and those <laughs> blades definitely never break. Yeah, they never break because they weren't just made out of cheap plastic. But if they... <laughs> They're not broken because they never do. Uh, It's a very cool effect. (laughs) And then we get into some other stuff. Like there's some other ones that I want to talk about before we get off this episode. But it's like there's the extra buttons that are for Johnny Mnemonic that. For video mode, for snarf. Yeah, for snarf. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of. Oh, my gosh. Extra buttons that exist just for video modes is kind of its own thing. Yes, for yeah. video modes. And I think, don't you move the glove with that too? Those extra oh, buttons too? Because you need yes. to go X, yeah, Y. Yeah, you move the glove with it also. Yeah. yeah. You got a four-way coordinate. Which again, that's another really cool mech that's cool mech. almost always broken. Yeah, you guys probably hate that thing, but I love it. <laughs> I think it's super fun when you play it, man. I love those 90s Bally Williams games because they really swung for the fences. They just did stuff that, that people don't do anymore. Yeah. Because- you know, they proved to be unreliable or whatever in the field or just a pain to shop out and fix things. But yeah. back then they were just, they were swinging for the fences and it was cool. Well, and then you have stuff like Judge Dredd and Revenge from Mars where you have your mode selector buttons are on the side by your flippers. Yeah. So you're like deciding which mode you're going to play. And sometimes like the ball launch on Dredd is on the side too. So... Yeah, you know, so it's sometimes like sometimes you have someone who's trying to select a mode and they accidentally launch the ball. So that's always funny. <laughs> but yeah, like just stuff that you wouldn't think. That seems almost like bad design. Like you're like, do we need these extra <laughs> buttons? Like horrible idea, but it would just love the image. Yeah. Like it forces you to pay attention or read oh, yeah. something. I, I don't know, but I love those. My okay, other extra button things that we haven't talked about yet. What about using the extra ball button for things like the cheat on Jackpot? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Good one. That's a good one. Your troll bombs on Medieval or your garlic cloves on Monster Bash. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Recycle. Well, yeah, because those ones are like recycling the launch button for kind of like a hidden feature, right? Yeah. Yeah. Having the extra button on the front. Yeah. Those Those are a lot of fun. And I have to imagine that really fucked with people like back in the 90s before common you know knowledge was just shared on the internet or whatever because that's the kind of thing that your friend would tell you that and you'd be like no way 
Like, that's got to yeah. be made up. It sounds like a cheat code. There's somewhere in between a fun Easter egg or infuriating to lose in a tournament if you don't know that. <laughs> like, I think all okay. those features are like, now those games are really old. And if you're a serious tournament player, you probably already know those things. But I can't imagine how aggro some people get at tournaments anyway. Yeah. Imagine, like, losing because you don't know how to use the cheat button on Jackpot, you know, or like. Yeah. Or how to use your garlic cloves, you know, or your troll bombs. Like, yeah, yeah I could see that. I love the first time, like the moment you see someone who is watching Jackpot for the first time and seeing someone just jamming because you, it has to be fast. So yes. you have this like super fast, <laughs> awkward, like hooking finger motion to the extra ball <laughs> button under the start. Yep. And they're just going through. You're just like, what is happening right now? And you see people like, what are they doing? Like, what are they Animations doing? Animations are so cool. When it's like, oh. you know, he hits the table and then the dice turn yes. from like snake eyes to yeah, devil sixes. Like the extra card comes out of the sleeve. Yeah. Yeah, the ace comes out of the sleeve. Or when you're in casino run and you can avoid those bombs. It's yes. Just, yeah. it, it's so creatively used and so thematic. I agree. Like, the integration of the theme is so cool. And it's just such an easy thing for them to put in. And, you know, you can disable it if you uh, have, you know, no soul. But... Dude, I agree. Why would people do that? The yeah, last thing I want to mention is because we talked about it sort of in the Super Pins episode, but I want to get Jessica's take on these because I'm a fan of Demolition Man, the pinball machine, Demolition Man, the movie. A movie, yes. And I love using the big handles that stick up on the side yes. and because they have triggers and they have little buttons on top. So right. they're like little like For kind bombs. of- yes. For bombs. Yes. And launch missiles. They're so fun. I like I feel like I have great control of the game. I know there's a lot of players that, Me too. that hate it and they're like, I can't nudge yeah. the ball or I don't have I can't make my, you know, my tap pass or my whatever. I I don't have my drop catch or whatever skill that they feel like they're losing. But I'm just like, I love that they did that thing. And actually yeah. it's ergonomically fun. Like I I can nudge the game. I play better with the handles. Like, yeah. I, I really do. Like, and you get a bonus for only using the handles. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love that they reward yeah. you for it because it did nothing. It would, I mean, I would use them, but it would be really dumb. You know, like. Yeah. It, yeah. You're like, it, it kind of forces you to use them. It is funny. I have two funny Judge Dread things or Demo Man things. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Stallone on the brain. So my escape room team name is the Three Seashells. Yes. <laughs> Which was also my, you know, pinball duo, like when it was like he team head to head kind of thing. That <laughs> yeah. was also the name there. But the very first tournament I ever played, which was at Scarlet City Coffee in Oakland, it's not there anymore, but it was a Star Trek themed coffee shop slash beer cider house that had rad pinball machines. That's a cool idea. And by this woman named Jen, and I adore her. And Eka Snyder, who started Bells originally, the very first Bells in Oakland, was running a, like a novice tournament there. And my friend Matt lived right upstairs. So I was in town. The tournament was going on. So we went downstairs. I did not want to play. Like, I don't, I'm not a competitive person normally. So I was just like, I just like playing to have fun. And he's like, no, no. He's like, this one won't be serious. It's all just for newer players. If you were ranked with, I don't remember what the rankings were, but if your IFPA rank was above something, you weren't allowed to play in it. Nice. And it was 
I somehow made it into the finals, which I didn't think I did. And the last game, which I didn't know was the last game where I would have freaked out, was <laughs> on Demo Man, and I had never played it before in my oh, life. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. It's the and best the way to go one in. piece of advice that my friend gave to me was only use the handles. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I won the game, and I won the tournament. That was my first ever tournament. Hell yes, Jessica. <laughs> this game. <laughs> yes. That's great. So I have very, very fond moments with Demo Man. That game is a great game. That game is just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to shoot. Super flowy, cool gimmicks. And Jessica and I are both big fans of the movie. I know that Jessica and I both love the same cheesy action movies. We love that shit. So I know that's like what we bonded on as friends. Aside from Pitfall, we both genuinely love those movies. So this is so late. Genuinely adore them. Yeah. This is so late to be asking this. Alan, were you on Jessica's podcast in the past? Yes. That was, okay, is that the only podcast you've been on prior to this? Yes. Okay, that answers your yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was the one that- People would care, people would care about, yeah, because I just remembered you guys talking about movies, that's why you just suddenly came back to me. Yeah, I, <laughs> Jessica's the only one that I've been asked before, and I've tried to make it work, but, you know, as Wedgehead was going through some rough times, and I was wearing a lot of hats and working- you know, 80 hours a week. And so it was difficult. And Jessica was always very patient and was like, well, you know, whatever. I think I had to cancel on you a couple of times or reschedule. And she was just very patient and understanding and like, really, like really tracked me down. Like you really did like, uh, but it was fun. I had a great time. So I remember really enjoying that episode. So I guess I have listened to your podcast. I didn't, didn't remember that. (laughs) Thanks. That's one of my episodes when I went rogue because it was like pandemic times was really, it was frustrating for me because I was seeing a lot of my friends as operators go through really rough times. Yeah. So I'm like, we have a platform. Like it's not, we're not using it, you know, like big thing. Like we don't record as much as we used to, but I wanted to have something that I could put out there to highlight and say, Hey, like get back to your local arcade, support them how you can while they're closed, like Uh buy some merch, buy some gift certificates, do something. And just, you know, keep the word going and when they open go there and like be patrons and go back in and it's like trying to encourage people by letting them know about all of these really great unique spots that are going through hard times which everyone is going through and I did like around that same time is when I made a bunch of like masks like soft plunge masks and I offered to operator friends like if you guys are opening and you're using like safety precautions and that kind of thing like I'll send you masks yeah. So I just wanted it to be like, I want people to feel comfortable and safe and taken care of. And I want people to go back out and play more pinball on location. I mean, we do the same thing on this podcast. I'm motivated, obviously, as an operator, but I always appreciate that. I mean, that's the message of each and every one of these podcasts. And is how I'm going to sign this episode off right now. I, I just want to thank you, Jessica, once again, for being on the show. It was lovely to talk to you. And I'm sure Alex, you know, for Alex to get to meet you for the first time. It's great. Yeah, this was really fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was it was a great time and we appreciate you joining us on the show. And I'm going to end this podcast like I always do with a plea for everyone to go out there and play some pinball on location. Go out and have some fun. It's fun to be on the Internet and talk about pinball. It's fun to listen to pinball podcasts. What's even more fun than that is go out and play some pinball. Support your local operators. Especially if it's Labyrinth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Go play, play the new game Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah, play the new game Labyrinth. 
or play any of the games we talked about with yeah. these extra button gimmicks. Be on the lookout for it. If you're ever playing a game and you're like, what are these extra buttons for? Look at the rule card. Try to figure it out because it does something. And they're mostly fun. I think when we went through the list, we realized we we all kind of like them. Yeah, we're positive on all of them because that kind of gimmicky shit is what makes pinball fun and memorable. Yeah, go find a haunted house and use those extra flipper buttons for the upper and lower levels. Yes, that's true. We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> Dude, there's too much. But there's a lot of cool games that have extra uh, buttons on them and that do cool stuff. So go out, play on location. And until next time, good luck. Don't suck.